This episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Nissan. As a pioneer in the electric vehicle space, Nissan is always looking for ways to deliver new, meaningful technologies to EV owners. After all, Nissan has been making EVs since 1947. Their EVs have now traveled 8 billion miles by Nissan Leaf owners since 2010. Yes, my friend, that is 8 billion with a B, the equivalent of driving to Pluto and back, which is not a real planet. Think that's electrifying? One of their EVs trekked all the way to the North Pole, where all the uh, underground government military bases are run. And Nissan even tests their EV technology on the Formula E racetrack. But Nissan knows that you don't get an EV just for the E. You get a Nissan EV because it makes you feel electric, because it sparks your imagination, it ignites something within you, it pins you to your seat, and it... (gasps) takes your breath away uh, at least that's what nissan thinks about when designing their evs like the nissan aria and the famous nissan leaf it's about creating a thrilling design that electrifies its customers nissan's focus on creating a thrilling drive and an electrifying life on today's world it's so important to look around you to pay attention to look for all the tiny ways life can electrify you uh, i like to feel electric um by going to dinner um, trying new foods and then being late to my own podcast recording so that my host gets mad at me. But we recover um, because I never do that. So every once in a while, I need to electrify my life. That's called edging. <laughs> Nissan EVs that electrify. How long gone is here, zipping <laughs> over to the home studio. A uh, little bit of a little bit of a shaky morning. What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm shaky morning. I'm a shaky warrior as well. I kind of had a late night last night, so it's um you know I don't I don't like staying up till one one a.m. on a school night, but when duty calls. You got to do it. Well, I mean, you had a big night, so I think it was it was well worth it. You weren't wasting your your one no, a.m. I mean, night was, on some bullshit. It was in in the words of my um companion for the evening and host Nomi Fry what a night uh it was you know there there's nothing there's not a greater feeling than walking into Madison Square Garden emptying your pockets uh to make sure you don't have a gun on you zipping right to the will call you know there's no hiccups they give you your John Mayer solo tour laminates you head to your seats and you just take in two hours of Mayer solo just him two hours solo Bro, this motherfucker did, yeah, I bet he did an hour and 45, just him. Guitar, different guitars and a piano. That's it. And it was like, he had him, he had him eaten out of his hands. Of course, of course. And I'm sure the mid-song banter was exquisite. Well, he actually did some stuff that was pretty cool. He showed like unseen old video footage, that, like before some of the songs. So like him, I'll like kill some first record, like about uh, about to go on his first tour, you know. But he mm-hmm. also did a lot of funky stuff with looping and a double neck. He's on his little Ed Sheeran, little little less Claypool. He went he, he went Sheeran mode on the on the. He didn't go Primus mode. I know. Nomi was like, look at the double neck. It's like Richie Sambora, and I'm like, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, he 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 would like so he would like play the twelve. He would like play the the 12 string and like loop it and then play the other part over 
mm-hmm. you know, on the on the regular six string. Yeah. But it worked really well, and it sounded, it made it feel like meaty, like a like a like a London busker, exactly in the tube channel. But yeah, and then the- okay, that sounds great. Where, where'd you? And you said I remember the last episode. You said you were going to take her out to dinner beforehand. Where'd you guys go? We hit an ABC kitchen, a classic ABC kitch before some delicious sun chokes on the menu, <laughs> um, as well as my favorite uh, carrot avocado salad. And we both had a nice piece of fish, and we did uh-huh. we did go for the cookie plate. I had to twist her arm a little bit. You guys were good. You guys were good for the, the for the premium, the Segundi. I think you deserve a cookie plate. But we had to go to the after party, and it was at I'm sorry, Teresi, which is like it's you know it's like a Carbone major food group place, but they've reopened. It, it used to be like a tasting menu thing on Mulberry, but now it's in a different location. I used to love it. It was amazing back in the day. I mean, it was dude. It was we got there at eleven thirty. And it was fucking packed. Like people Small eat- room too. No, it's new now. That's what I'm saying. It's huge. Oh, uh, okay. And Got it. and I mean, of course they're playing hip hop, which I I tried to I walked into grinding by clips um with with <laughs> my with my ravioli. <laughs> but Bummer. <laughs> um I so we go to the back room. We go to the back room, you know, mayor shows up and we and we sit down and it's me, Nomi, um, Mayor Andy Cohen, my North Star. And a bottle in 1942. That was it, brother. Yeah, exactly. It was this is this is my this is my barbershop LeBron show. Uh-huh. Um and then you know, they're all kissing his ass. Oh, it was so great. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was good. But John, <clears throat> you didn't sweat at all. Like he wasn't sweating at all. And I noticed he didn't change clothes. Mm. After doing two hours on stage under the bright lights in Mass Square Garden. This man didn't sweat, and he was like the Grateful Dead effect. He's he's a conditioned warrior. That's why. No, he told. He said. He said to me. He was like, you know what it is. I think it's because when you're playing acoustic, it's like a different. It's like the energy is less like frenetic, and I'm not moving in the same way. Mm. And it's just like it's different. But he's like, I noticed that too, because usually these guys come off the stage, they got a shower, it's a whole thing. I mean, also he's just a he's a cool as a cucumber kind of guy. So what? Um, what? Who with Andy Cohen? Who sat on who lap? Well, he's a little smaller than me, so he sat on my lap. Okay. He so he's asking. He was asking about how long gone, and we were talking about kind of his Sirius XM channel. Um, does he? I didn't know he has one. Yeah, he's got Andy Radio, dude. He's got like a whole. I mean, he does a show. He was explaining to me. He's like, yeah, I do it four times a week. One time is live, then I record one. He goes, like, I go in every almost every day. But he's got like a network that he, four times a week. He's on, dude. He's on his like Seacrest shit, where it's like every second of his day he is doing something productive and making money, and it's like, and otherwise he's like off a gummy ordering a Negroni. <laughs> is it really called Andy Radio? <laughs> no, it's probably called something different, but it's probably not far off from Andy Radio. Okay, um, it's probably called the Cohen Zone. Exactly, we're talking about the ins and outs of it, and just you know the differences between you know that kind of setup and podcasting. Mm-hmm. But then we got into the real meat of the situation where he was sort of. Wanted to talk a little bit more about Vanderpump Rules, you know, and kind of the drama going on there, sure. Um, which I obviously won't divulge. But the one thing I want to say, because I sat next to Andy, I sat next to Andy at the show, and I have never seen people act this unhinged around a celebrity in maybe in my life. Really, like people could not 
control themselves like women were like walking like stepping over nomi and i like mid show to take a dark selfie with him while he was trying to watch the show so he's he's just like a human birkin bag like i've never seen anything women like are that. drawn to him they're drawn to him i mean as as nomi said this crowd is full of excitable white people which is like the right <laughs> the right <laughs> crowd obviously for for him and his business and what he does i love and, the I'll, word excitable it's so vague and so specific at the no same it's, time. it's perfect but yes yeah, so I was just like sitting there. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And Nomi was like, yeah, this is like what it's like. He's like the most beloved man, you know, on earth because he gives people so much sure. high quality entertainment. And it all makes sense to me. But I was like, I didn't know it was like <laughs> this guy needs a security guard. You know, like it's like people could not control themselves. He's walking around Madison Square Garden like Kim Jong-un. No, dead ass. He really is. Like he went to the bathroom and I was like, <laughs> bro, do you need me to escort you? Not for that. I just mean for safety. Like, like. <laughs> I just I feel like you you might He's like oh Chris I actually didn't think. actually sure if you don't mind but no I'm good right now if you don't mind walking me there that'd be great you could just stand outside it took you long enough Chris what <laughs> took you long enough but yeah it was a, it was it was really interesting to see how people because I mean obviously I know he's he's quite famous for his work and like he's on TV every night because he has a live show and the whole thing but like I just I mean I also think he feels approachable. You know, in a way, because of how he talks and like how he does things, sure. which maybe makes it worse on him. You know what I mean? Whereas like Mayor is like a god walking through, and people are a little bit shocked to see him somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a different, it's a little bit of a different energy. But I was, I was blown away. Andy taught the world how to kiki. Exactly. No, he really, he really did. But I didn't get home till I didn't get home till one a.m., bro. And you know, the alarm goes off at six. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's been. Yeah, I've, I've been waking up hella early lately, bro. I've been waking up at like five. Are you off the pack? Or are you on the pack? On the pack. Interesting. I mean, I worry that I'm waking up too early. Yeah, I mean that that happens. I went through a phase, um, like I was getting up at like four forty five or five, and I was like, this is too much. Like I don't mm -hmm. there because in L A. it's fine because like there's some action because the East Coast has been awake for a little while. But on in L, I, I mean in New York, it'd be crazy. Oh, yeah, that's like true. in New York, getting up that early is you're talking to nobody. Dry as hell. Not that you have things going on that early. I don't think that I don't think that kind of people in your world, you know. Are, are up and grinding maybe i'm wrong no 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 all the people in my life are so sleepy and unsuccessful well you're just more no no, no i don't mean like that you're just you just run with a a, a more of a oh, late night crowd um, you know, that's all also shout out to the <laughs> happy no ruse to the persian homies listening oh hell yeah big over here i went to rafi's yeah is that how you celebrated with some rafi's no there there's a traditional i mean you you kind of celebrate by having you know like most holidays i i, I think you just have like you know a, a big dinner and a feast and a celebration of blah 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 and uh but the main thing i think with it is you you ceremoniously jump over a fire so you're saying that mtv2's the challenge stole that whole bit from the, the <laughs> persians uh i think the i That's think the persian up. version is a little less death defying and a little more of just you know let's like light nice. a couple small twigs like a campsite fire that you could easily kind of jump over without okay having to go to the hospital that's, or something, good. that's you know? good i don't want anybody dying out there for no, it no, no. you know we need grandmas and stuff to do it so it's got to be pretty easy. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, so it's like the it's like the the limbo. I don't want to flame Nana. It's like doing the limbo at the family reunion. The the bar ain't going that low. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's gonna be. We can all make it under. We can all make it under. Um, That's right. I can't wait to hit LA and I'll I'll, I'll come to Glendale for some Raffies. It's been a while. Had some beautiful fish, Chris. You would have loved it, but it was also raining. Well, it's it's not raining now, right? No, but it's it's dreary as man. It's dreary, bro. It's fucking dreary. 
Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. The sun is actually the sun is out in Manhattan today. I have to actually I have to head into the uh, J Crew World headquarters. Um, okay. I'm actually gonna I'm going to an Audemars event with Sam Hine that that is hosted by John Mayer. It's two nights in a row, Jeez, which Louise. is you know feels a a little a little extreme. But Sam's taking me to some new uh, hot steakhouse in Brooklyn. Wow. Chris, you're doing a lot of un-Chris things, I've got to say. What, in what way? Going to a steakhouse in Brooklyn for a person who's allergic to Brooklyn and a, vegeta- or a vegan, but you know, but vegan you, Brooklyn hater. No, but it's like a thing. It's like a place. I'm looking up the name of it now. It, it, it looks amazing. Like it looks, re- it looks really pretty. Gage and Tolner is what it's called. Gage and Tolner? Yeah. Speaking of apothecaries. I oh, know. It does, it does feel like a nice cedar wood. These uh, motherfuckers make beard beard oils. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, your mustache ain't twisty anymore. Look, come over here. <laughs> no, but Sam, Sam had Sam has some juice there. I think so. We're gonna have a little. We're gonna have a little catch up uh, across the bridge. Even mm-hmm. though both of us don't up. live there, it must be pretty good. You're gonna order seven shrimp cocktails as your main course. They do have a shrimp cocktail as well as a salmon. It's just every restaurant's the same, bro. It's 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 absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Every restaurant for white people is truly the same. It costs three hundred dollars. <laughs> every yeah, that uh, that was an important step. They got it costs three hundred bucks. No matter what everybody has two glasses of wine <laughs> shrimp cocktail caesar salad steak or fish it's it's literally like it's the 1950s and you know i'm not i'm not mad about it personally no and i don't think you are either i'm not mad either it's a reaction to small plates and shared thingies and chef specials and blah blah yeah convoluted menus this is what happens when you go too far let's go too far you happy now line cooks you happy now fx is the bear look what you did fx is the bear uh all right we do have a guest today uh core jefferson is a is a writer um in the hollywood space mm-hmm. him and i have been we've been circling each other for a while he's friends of a lot of friends Pause. um very very bright guy very successful um and i can't wait to dig into the ins and outs of the underbelly of dirty hollywood with a true insider emmy award winner he wrote on some of chris's favorites the watchmen succession the good place uh he's got a new movie that he pitched and sold and filmed over covid that's just coming out and who knows when he's a silver lake bro funny guy cool guy smart guy great to have him on the pod so let's give uh let's give court a jingle how long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at better help jason better help you know the summer travel season is coming up luckily my better help therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent so for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock, going through you know hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me, and uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting (laughs) therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge, get off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash how long. Nice. 
How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Jason, if you're struggling with uh, grief, relationships, stress which i don't think you have any of that uh or you're having trouble sleeping or meeting your low low goals online therapy could be for you uh better help is secure online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist better help will assess your needs and match you with your own accredited therapist and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours there's no waiting room the service is available worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime to message your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists. If needed, we've all been there, haven't we? It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available in your area visit betterhelp.com slash how long and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional how long gone is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10 percent off their first month of online therapy at better com slash how long want to make a podcast spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily then distribute it everywhere and even earn money we like that all in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else. Those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q and A's and polls are the best way to get them talking with Spotify for podcasters. You can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free. Zero catch. We've been using it ever since we started How Long Gone. And ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like having the option of turning off the Q&As and the polls on the user dashboard <laughs> has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level. I highly recommend giving it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Nobody loves... I mean, if you like the Turkish getup, you're doing that so you don't murder, you know. <laughs> let me say, let me say something. Not to blow your minds, guys, but I don't, I don't mind the Turkish get up. I think the challenge involved is nice for my mental and physical. And um, 
I I think that it's a great full body exercise. It's not top of it's not top of mind like number one choice. But I think there's worse. There's things I, think I would this, rather this do less. This was sort of Chris admitting that he's a murderer or murderer. <laughs> no, I mean, in so many killed, ways. I've never killed anyone. Um, I've got a lot of problems, obviously, but I think all three of us do. You know, without yeah. without cor- without cord chiming in yet, I'm sure, I'm sure he has problems. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you've killed it at the gym, though, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, that's what is your now? What is your level of get up cord? Like, what are you? Have you done a lot of them? Is it something new? I've been so I've been going to Pharaoh's. Do you guys know Pharaoh's? Oh, yeah, I know the gay gym over there in Echo Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard I've of been, that before. I've been I've been going to Pharaoh's. Gay and rich, Chris. Gay and rich. That's true. Not yeah, all that, gays. That, no. Bodybuilders close. Bodybuilders gym close. The destruction of the gay middle class continues. Did, wait, did bodybuilders actually close? Yeah, bodybuilders. Well, they're looking for a new. They're new, looking for a new space, but they're. That one on uh, Hyperion's gone. That was my spot for years when I visited LA, and I loved. I mean, I never went in the bathrooms there, obviously, but I loved the vibe of the. Like it was just so shitty. Yeah, it was. It great. was just. It's just like dusty free weights and like some machines, and that's it. I sort of liked that. But there would always be some kind of power players, some East Side power <laughs> players in the building. Oh yeah, you know there would always. I'd always see some actors, you know, guys I recognized, and I'm like, I know you have more money than this. There'd be a member of local natives up in there putting up numbers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a guy of local natives holding up everything on the on the fucking. Manzukis is in there getting reps. The best. The be- <laughs> No, no. The best. The best. Uh, the best sighting I ever had. There was Zach De La Roca. Okay. Okay. I I I know that you're side legend. Cord. I know that you're rich. He's much more rich than you. Why are you guys going to a gym that costs twenty seven dollars a month? <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? And dude? like you, you have, have to, to wear you have to wear like non slip <laughs> shoes because there's so much cum <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> you gotta wear kitchen. You gotta wear chef's clogs. <laughs> I have no million dollars and I go to Equinox, guys. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I think that for me, Equinox becomes less about the actual gym, right? It's like they have like good products in the bathroom and shit like that and there's like smoothie bars sure so like i feel like yes i understand the allure of that but for me it was just it was close to my house i could just walk there and get it done and be done with it for the day like i don't want to drive to equinox i don't want to deal with parking i mean do you go to the four seasons because the the because the conditioner is dope i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a nice icing on the cake but it doesn't get the ball across the field. I have to side. I have to side with both of you here because in LA, I go to Equinox in New York, and in LA, I go to uh, um, Easton, which is kind of like a bodybuilders, but I would say thirty percent better in, in West Hollywood. So the crowd is is different. If you know what I'm saying, it's a, no, it's bodybuilders Lux, bodybuilders XL. You know, <laughs> however you want to put it in Uber terms. Yeah, yeah. It's so, but it's a similar old and dusty freeways vibe. But it's only. It's basically only fellas, which I I really like. It's just like a it's like a weird. It's just a very weird time capsule. But Equinox, um, I've been going a lot in New York, and it's I have to. It's starting to depress me. I, ha- I have to say it's weird. I, I don't. I need a little more character. Are there? It sounds like there's too many women there, Chris. Is that the issue? <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> I mean, that could be the issue. The, no, that's, too many uh, perfect ten models there. No, no, not at all. It's more just like the smell of it. Okay. I don't like the smell of it. Like when I walk in, because it's like a hotel, they like pump in the smell and the sound. Smell like pussy up in there, huh? No, it that's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's not what, yes, Jim that is like not what I'm saying. It smells like it smells like fucking. It smells like banker feet 
mixed with you know mixed with like kind of axe body spray mixed with Aesop. you know what i mean it's like a very strange nobody's using axe at the fucking new york equinox bro come on you're absolutely wrong jason and you you don't understand on cord you lived in new york right i lived in new york for seven years yeah okay there's a lot of guys here jason and it's it's it is hard to wrap your head around because it's it feels odd but guys that make a ton of money that like have a beautiful apartment with bad furniture and a hot girlfriend and probably a Range Rover, mm -hmm. they still get all of their apothecary products at the drugstore. A hundred percent. Wayne Reed. That's absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. They're using Pert Plus. They don't know what apothecary means. They don't. They, yeah, they think I'm talking that Spanish again, you know? And I'm telling you that I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it's translation to like the bitch aisle at Dwayne Reed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but it's a very strange. You see them unpack their gym bag and you're just like, bro, what? Like, you don't have a woman in your life, a man in your life, a goddamn brother or sister to help you out here. But it's like, you don't follow me on Tumblr. Exactly. What the fuck? bro or who does your soap program cord could back me up on this it's like a type of guy here it's like a type of guy in new york so i never when i lived in new york i didn't really have any money so i sort of like lived most of my new york years in like broke new york where it was like sort of toward the end i had i started to have some money but i wasn't in a place like where i was around those people much of the time it was basically just like fucking in bushwick and like south williamsburg and greenpoint like so i never got the experience of like new york with money i'm sorry you had to go through that course <laughs> no, no no i'm like but i think that i think that new york really is a place where you know every place is different if you have money but i feel like new york is a, the, the difference between like having money in new york and not having money in new york yeah is like no, for sure vast it becomes sort of like a totally different this is why i shoplift yeah <laughs> but this is the problem with i mean that's the whole thing though is like i think that there's the the uh there's nowhere better to be filthy rich than new york oh yeah there's nowhere absolutely. where it benefits you more there's nowhere <laughs> that benefits you more than, than here and i think that 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 is something that is powerful and keeps me striving for the top <laughs> and there's know? there's a, there's something more there's something sorry to interrupt there's something more kind of exciting about flexing on somebody in in person versus behind a car window or something like to where that person could spit on you yeah <laughs> And you're still flexing on them. It's more visceral. They could punch yeah, you. Gonna, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, they're not going to punch out the window of the G wagon at the stoplight. That's probably not going to happen. Bulletproof. You know. Yeah, exactly. Mine's bulletproof. I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Uh, did you Did you move to LA because work started popping, or were you like, I'm done with this bullshit. I need some sunshine. No, I've been back. So I'm from Arizona originally. Another thing. I'm sorry you had to go through. So I'm glad you made it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that, Tucson. No, but so I right after college, I moved to L.A. And then I moved with my girlfriend at the time to New York from L.A. And then we broke up and I moved to D.C. And then I was in D.C. for like 18 months. And then from D.C., I moved back to L.A. And then I moved back to New York for work. And then I moved back to L.A. in 2017. Bro, what? So <laughs> I never lived. I had one girlfriend who lived in Venice. And I lived in Silver Lake at the time. That was like a long distance yeah, relationship. That ain't going to work. It was terrible. And I, I'm not really, I'm not really like a West Side guy though. I kind of, I kind of hate the West Side. It's not for me. Welcome home, brother. I used to. I don't go to the East Side. I'm all set on the East Side. Really? I'm all, I'm all set. I would rather go to Brentwood than Silver than Silver Lake at this stage <laughs> of my life. And say what you want about me. Well, Chris, Chris never leaves West Hollywood. Chris doesn't. He doesn't go to Santa Monica or Venice or Marina Del Rey. He just stays in WeHo. Why? I, you know, you're not the first person to say that, Cord. The dick wants what the dick wants, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
exactly. No, it's it's just I I say this. I actually said this to someone last night. I just I've been around cool guys my entire fucking life. That is my job. That is what I do every day. I don't need to do that when I'm going. I don't want to see people I know at the fucking grocery store. I don't want to have to build with someone at the fucking gas station. You know what I mean? And in West Hollywood, I can I can go I can walk into anywhere and not know anybody, and it's it's preferred. I don't see guys in online ceramics. You know what I mean? I've escaped. I've escaped kind of what you sounds like you thrive in but when you socialize like when people when you go to parties or you go to restaurants to meet your friends like is it generally on the east side no he makes no, me drive he makes me, me fucking to... drive to the yeah. san vicente bungalows fucking 45 minutes <laughs> exactly. from glendale to go eat some gazpacho <laughs> jason loves the soups at, at, at san vicente bungalows what could he say the food at san vicente bungalows is not very good that is very correct i i everybody it says this everybody, middle brow everybody says this and i don't think it's wrong but then you go to all these the five other restaurants in la that people like and it's the same exact fucking food it's the same food at all these places <laughs> like maybe sunset towers two degrees better maybe grill in the alleys three degrees better but it's the same food it's the same it's menu. the same as the tower for me I agree with you, Chris. I think the tower is a little bit better. Tower is a little bit better, but only slightly. Only slightly. It's so strange because I never thought I would end up in West Hollywood, but then I realized that much like in New York, I'm like a Soho mindset. You know, that's like what I want. I would live above Uniqlo on fucking Broadway. Like I want to be right in the center of it. That's and so I guess crazy. that's. that's- <laughs> That's so crazy. I'm, I'm just also, guys. Let, maybe let's digress. I feel like all the poor people listening are starting to tune out this conversation a little bit too much as we kind of complain about five five star restaurants. <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean. I just mean. I think it's like I never lived in Brooklyn because I was like. I just that's not why I moved here. That's not New York. That's the different thing. It's not even shade. It's like fucking nice. Like Brooklyn Heights is nicer than anywhere in Manhattan now. It's just not for me. I'm just not interested. If we're going to do it, let's do it. You want a little separation yeah. from church and state. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't like uh I just feel like Silver Lake is actually feels yes, there is kind of some element of like Hollywood people here, but it's a different kind of entertainment people than you'll find in West Hollywood and Hollywood and the East and the West side. I just feel like that's, it's a lot of agents. And I think that just sort of like, and like, you know, the, the, I just feel like the celebrity contingent is very, very high there and very intense in a way that like, it's kind of like the way that you don't want to sort of like run into people at the grocery store. It's just like, I don't want to run into people that I would same for you. Oh, I see. In West Hollywood. That actually, that's a nice, that's a nice parallel. Yeah. That's a nice parallel. That yeah. I don't want to run I don't want to run into like agents and stuff when I'm, when I'm, when I'm running errands and, and having to talk about work all the time. He wants to run into Adam Scott at Gelson's and that's about <laughs> yeah. as far as it goes. <laughs> that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Unfortunately, Cord, I think if I would have made a few different decisions in my life, I would be an agent and I would be the enemy. And, and thank God, <laughs> that i'm um considered by some uh not listeners of this podcast but some to be the talent um in this in this particular in this particular instance so i i, I dodge chris think of yourself as an unpaid enemy for now <laughs> yeah i'm an unpaid enemy i don't have a black three series thank god I, 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 you know, I made it's great exposure design. though <laughs> <laughs> it's great exposure i mean our but our agents, you know, people in the in the in Hollywood, people like you, they love to complain about the agent, you know. And I, I feel like the agent is though a beloved necessary evil that is so fun to make fun of, but without them, I feel like you would all make a lot less money. You have to agree with that. But you guys you guys have agents now too, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, we do. We, yes, we do. 
What 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 agency are you guys at? CAA. Shout out to the homies at CAA. I'm a yeah, I'm a CAA guy too. There Let's we go. go. Keep it in the family. I feel like you get invited to a few more of the parties than we do, but yeah. I want to be clear to everyone listening. This is not a package put together by our agents. Cord and I know each other socially a little bit. We're not working on a project yet. Hopefully we can kind of get there or something like this. Even I don't believe that. I feel I feel like this is a package. No, this is not a package. That's no, I think that I, I, look, I, agents agents to me are uh I don't even think they're an evil. I, I like my agents. I think they do great work for me. I just think that some agents do get a bad rap, bad rap but some agents really are just ceaselessly annoying. Like yeah, just, they, yeah. they can only talk about work. Sure. They can only talk. They can only sort of like they can't. I don't like anybody that's always on. So like if you're I'm, like comedians, like if, if, yeah. if you're a comedian and like you're always doing bits and shit, I can't deal with it. And the same goes for like Hollywood people. And it's like agents... There's some agents who the only thing they can fucking talk about is business and money and yeah. who's hiring who and who's working where. And I just can't deal with it. But yes, I mean, I do think that my agents have been helpful in in making me more money. Yes, that's that's, yeah. that's true. Well, I guess, I guess the question is, I guess because I was, I was talking about this yesterday with, with um, Michael Haney, who came on the podcast recently, and he's working on some stuff. And I guess I'm just trying to understand that, like, I feel like in... in in my understanding, in the old days, they were a little more like aware of the creative. They they like would really read it and kind of some the good ones would have like real understanding of the creative part of it, like how this is going to work and who should do what and all of that stuff. Whereas our first agent never listened to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess I'm asking I'm asking if is that still the case? Like, is that what makes good versus bad? Like someone who actually understands and reads the work and gets it versus someone who's like. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I'm just gonna get you the most money possible. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's what you want to get, right? I think it's I think that there's some people who just want like I have homies who, who are just like I just want a fucking shark. Like I want somebody who's gonna get in there mm-hmm. and scream at people until they sort of until That's they me. Yeah, until they agree <laughs> until That's they agree me. with my demands until they give me the money that I want. It's the only way I can climax. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think that for me. The reason I chose my agent is because I, the first agent that I met with ever when I was when I was leaving journalism to work in TV, he was like, why do you why do you want to write TV? And I was, you know, I gave him all these like high minded ideas of like, I want to try writing fiction. And like, you know, I'm, I'm just interested in like this fictional storytelling. Like it was like I can't remember exactly what I said. But I sort of went through this like long-winded description about creativity. And then he like hit me on the shoulder and he was like, and you want to make some real fucking money for once, huh? And I was like, and I was like, uh, I was like, all right, man. I, no, that's not really what I was thinking, but sure. And it was just, just kind of creeped me out. And then the next person that I met with was a younger agent. And she was sort of like had just been promoted. And like we sat down and talked and like we didn't she just talked to me about like plays that she liked to read and sort of like and shows that she liked and then the next day uh she sent me a bunch of like plays that 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 uh that she enjoyed and like a bunch of books that she enjoyed and it was just like about the work and i felt like you know only i don't need somebody to like pretend that they love art and that they're in it for the art because like let's get real we're all this is a business and we all we all like to like make good living yeah but i just needed like some of that just like give just sure, like sure, indul- sure, indulge sure, me sure. a little bit <laughs> indulge me a little bit you, you like <laughs> care about what i'm making and not just like you just care about how much fucking money we're gonna make together That's you all. needed to be you needed to be sure that the agent could actually read and yeah at least exactly. we can start there at the, uh, and we'll go <laughs> exactly. i'll settle for a crumb of intelligence <laughs> yeah exactly. i'll settle for just a little bit i mean yeah. i i think that the the 
the TV, you've been part of kind of the, the you know, you've been uh, timing-wise part of like the explosion of TV, I feel like, where it's like, this is the most important thing in our culture. This is all anybody talks. Besides NBA Youngboy, this is all anybody, anybody talks about, and it's like all anybody cares about. And I guess I'm, I'm just like, is it hard? Is that almost detrimental? Does that make your job harder, or does it make it more exciting? I think it makes it uh, less exciting. I mean, you, I love, how, I love how much you hate on TV. By the way, it is, <laughs> it is, it is very funny. No problem. Is, I, I'll continue to do so. It's a real, it's a real bugaboo for you, but uh, massive bugaboo. <laughs> if if you're, uh, I actually think the golden age of TV is dead, like long gone. I think that I think that. You know, I, I can get into a whole rant about this, but I think that tech people have come in and sort of ruined ruined what what existed. I think that I think that our reliance yeah. on like algorithms and making as much like it's it's like almost like fucking like content wars where it's just like nobody even cares the quality of anything anymore. It's just about yeah. it's just about getting as much as possible out there and like let's put out fifty two fifty two new shows a year and it's like. I just think that all of that has sort of diminished the quality of, of what television actually is. And I think that that's why we're seeing so much of it is exactly the same. Like, I think that movies and TV shows about like the lives of the 1% and like hedge funders and, you know, like media billionaires, like it's just, mm. I'm not saying that these things are bad. I'm just saying that like, you know, this year gave us, it's like the menu and triangle of sadness and, you know, succession, obviously, and billions. And it's just... I just feel like all of this stuff is starting to feel, you know, I think that I think that people are running out of original ideas. And I think that that's what the deal is with the IP boom, too. It's like everybody's trying to, you know, it's like, look, I have not seen the Night Court reboot and maybe it's good. And like, maybe like I'm, happy, I'm happy for him. But I'm like, I'm like, do we really need do we really need the Night Court reboot? Like, it's like, was this can you improve on the original? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't kind of considered. That's not Cheers, you know what I mean? That wasn't considered yeah. one of the great works of Night, that yeah, time. Yeah, Night Court is a prime example. Yeah. That's that's a great case study of like, all right, guys, this is a little. Yeah, what do we come do? On. What are we doing? But at is this it point? just? Is it is it is it really just like the powers that be are looking at that in at this like. I just don't want to start from scratch. It's too risky. Is that I think, the I think it's risk management. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just too just risky. Risk you can't averse. afford a failure. Yeah, everybody's just risk averse. Nobody wants to lose their jobs. And it's like, you know, so so like I, I went into a meeting, you know, this I think this was like six or seven months ago. And somebody was like, uh, you know, we're just looking for our Bridgerton. And I was like, <laughs> aren't you fucking embarrassed to be saying like, aren't you embarrassed <laughs> to talk like that? Like you're Bridgerton. You don't have it's you don't you don't have Bridgerton because somebody, <laughs> yeah, somebody else made else that. Has. So like, yeah. why don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you make a show that's like original? And I think that 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 to me is what's lost now. It's like, I don't think that if, if somebody came to HBO to pitch The Sopranos today or anywhere, really, if they went to if somebody had The Sopranos script to pitch to Netflix or whatever, they'd be like, OK, the script is interesting but we need like we need robert de niro to play uncle jr yeah. we're gonna need scorsese to direct the pilot and we're gonna need to like it's just like they need every where's radikowski famous... gonna fit in here yeah exactly <laughs> radikowski has to be a guma at least uh, like maybe like christopher's guma like it's mm -hmm. it just feels like it's it's so like if you if you talk to people and you say like what are the what are the greatest shows and sort of like the the canon of tv like right like People are gonna basically agree on like you know the top married five with children, children, night court. The list goes on. They're gonna say The Sopranos. They're gonna say Mad Men. They're gonna say Breaking Bad. The Wire. They're gonna say The Wire. And it's like if you go 
if you go onto every single one of those IMDb page pages for the pilots of those shows, you cannot name a single famous person in any of those mm. shows. Like nobody knew who the fuck James, James Gandolfini was like a bit part dude from like Get Shorty. <laughs> and like, like uh, you know, nobody knew who the fuck John Hamm was. Like these were just talented people, like good actors, good writers who put something together and sort of like made something great. And like nowadays that's not, nobody has the, nobody sort of like, has the has the gall to sort of like try any anything that might be risky and at the beginning of a lot of those shows the actors weren't even talented half the time but they grew <laughs> but i mean they became amazing it takes time you know it was they were moldable truly whereas nowadays nobody's moldable it's like oh de Niro's gonna be the de Niro guy oh he killed it as de Niro guy you know yeah exactly and it's just i just so i actually think that like we have more TV than ever, but I just think that it's the 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 quality is just increasingly worse and worse and worse. Just because. We, do you think we're ever going to be able to have like heirloom television or artis? You know, like I'm just looking at through food things. Like we're just building things for volume and money, and but not for quality or flavor. Like, is there going to be like a resurgence of? I mean, the TV costs so much money to make. Like, how do you... Do you watch TV, Jason? I do watch TV. Not not a ton, but definitely more than Chris. Hey, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. I watch I watch more TV than a lot of Chris people. Chris watches it's a lot of Bravo only... and stuff like that. It's only on the Bravo network. Yeah, I don't... I Chris is a fan TV. of unscripted <laughs> unscripted content. I, yeah, I'm, we, we're learning about unscripted a lot in our in our kind of day-to-day -day lives, and I realize that's kind of sure. my thing. That's kind of my thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, Chris has found that scripts can just... Scripts just... They just get the way of, yeah you know. kinda, no no offense like, you do great work but it kind of mucks up the process you know what i mean I, I just don't i don't know if it's necessary all the time is all i'm saying i think that the pendulum just always swings back and forth right and so i think that right now we're in a yeah we're at a stage when there's just like a glut of like bad shit and people really don't have any new ideas and they're kind of struggling and spinning their wheels but i think that and, and i think that you're seeing sort of you know i think you're seeing people less interest you know it's like netflix all of a sudden is losing subscribers and that's never happened before and like people are tapping out and saying like yeah. i don't fucking care so i think that i think that the uh i think that eventually it's going to come around and people are going to go like oh okay maybe it's time to sort of like actually focus like that's another thing too is like things have gotten so expensive it's like so stupidly like it's like every movie now is 150 million dollars don't come don't come for the canceled nancy myers rom-com at netflix they just shut down because <laughs> the budget the budget wait a minute wait touching. a minute what? i didn't i didn't hear about this what's this i didn't hear about this 130 it was at 130 and she was like i need more bread and they were like all right we're done a nancy myers movie for 130 million dollars <laughs> Yeah. On, on, with no theatrical release yeah but, but that's no. i mean i'm sure she was getting some heavy hitters in the bill obviously you know it's like of course it's, that's all got to be talent i mean yeah. but still it's insane but that's, that's crazy and i just think that we we need to get to a place now and it's like instead of making one uh 150 million dollar movie why not make like 10 15 million dollar movies because the likelihood that one of those is going to really pop off and make a bunch of money for only 15 million dollars is very high like i mean woody allen's been doing that for 50 years huh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i, <laughs> I mean, I mean but, no, nobody makes a fucking eight million dollar movie better than woody allen truly <laughs> i don't agree with all of his all of his practices but not you know, every we can't uh, everything no of course from not. an economic standpoint it makes sense <laughs> we're talking about economic we're, we're p&l guys you know that i, I think what it reminds <laughs> roi etc what you're saying though reminds me of kind of the way not not to bring it back to the cursed tech world but like the way that those investors are like i'm gonna invest in 10 things 
a hundred things. If one hits, I'm good. I don't, the other ones don't matter. It, exactly. it doesn't matter. And it's, it's a, exactly, but it is, I mean, it's, it seems better from a risk perspective to kind of spread it out with things you believe in and give more people chances because you're totally. right. Something's going to probably hit if you, if you do it right. I mean, that's what, that's, that's like Blumhouse's mentality. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's yeah. what their whole thing is like every, some, sometimes you put out like a horror movie that nobody sees, but then sometimes you get a get out for $5 million yeah. and like, you know, it changes it's that that that's i feel like that's one of the last movies that's actually like changed changed entertainment in a very real way like it's like all the all the sort of like fake jordan peels have come out of the woodwork and are doing their thing but he's like i feel like get out actually like changed the face of entertainment in a, in a, in a real way and i think that more people just you know barbarian that movie cost four million dollars and i think it made like 55 million at the box office before it even went on to hbo max and so mm. i just think that people need to start betting on people who haven't made a huge name for themselves but have good ideas and are smart and you know and you just give them give them five to ten million dollars and like let them let them try something and see if it works but i just don't even think the i I just don't i mean and you know this better than than we do of course but i just think the people that control the money are just like you said they want a job yeah they're just and and if they if they go to their boss and they're like this is what i want to do and the boss doesn't see an end result that's very very clear you know the deck the deck is stacked in their favor they just won't do it yeah or if it i mean or if it but but the thing is is like nowadays too the thing that the thing that should sort of like convince them to just take shots is like there there is no sure things anymore like babylon like like fucking yeah yeah, if you say babylon's babylon you're gonna make a movie with brad pitt margot robbie did babylon not do well are you serious (laughs) No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't make me bring up Glass Onion, Cord. Don't make me bring up Glass Onion, bro. Glass Onion was low-key kind of not bad, bro. Glass, look, T Street, Ryan Johnson's company produced my is producing my movie. They're wonderful. I thought Full Glass Onion was, was amazing. They're uh, Ryan, Ryan, and Ryan. More like uh, Glass Shallot. Ryan's all those flavorful <laughs> complexities, you know. It wasn't didn't have to be that good. All those flavorful components. I agree. I liked it, but but I just think that like that Babylon movie, didn't do well. You know, that, is what you're saying? No, not not only did it not do well, it was it was that should have been a fucking like that on paper. That's like a a hit. It's like Damien Chazelle's fucking won all these Oscars. Yeah, like yeah, he's got yeah. these movie stars in it. On paper, it's like yeah, this is going to be massive. And they, and instead they I think that I think I read that they spent like in through production and like marketing I think that was like around two hundred and fifty or two hundred like two hundred upwards of two hundred million dollars and like I think last I checked it had made like twelve million dollars at the box office which is like that's that's very bad yeah that's like and that that movie was not any worse than any like Tom Cruise you know whatever movie or like any Bond movie or any it just didn't work it just didn't for whatever reason it didn't work and so the idea that like because the, the sure font thing, was too the weird sure thing is the sure thing is like not real anymore like Brad Pitt isn't going to draw people to the box office Margot Robbie like there are no movie stars and so because like you're it's just a crapshoot like you should just in my opinion like why not just sort of like try something new instead of the exact same shit over and over again what is well let's talk about your movie then big dog what do we got what do we got here what can you tell us uh it's based on this novel called erasure by percival everett he's kind of having a moment for whatever reason like he's his new book i think is uh was he just got he just won this pen award his last book he like was shortlisted for the booker prize in england so a bunch of his work is 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 all of a sudden uh, on people's radar, but this was a, this book was published in two thousand one. So walk us walk us through the walk us through because people might not know how this process works. And I find it very interesting. So did you 
did you read the book a long time ago always thought about it or did you come upon it and then be like i want to i want to buy this yeah so so i had i hate the book <laughs> i had never i had never uh heard of erasure until i was reading the i was reading this book review for this other book called interior chinatown mm. that was uh pretty big a couple years ago and in the review they said this this book has satire reminiscent of Percival Everett's erasure and i had never heard of erasure so i went and read the this was december 2020 so i went and i got the book and i sort of devoured it and and like and 50 pages in i was like oh i want to i want to adapt this i think i want to write a script about this and then when i was done with it i was like oh i maybe i could direct this too like i i had never directed anything but it felt like you know it felt like the material was you're really feeling yourself on the adaptation <laughs> yeah exactly. well, I yeah. like you're I like, did. I did. like i don't I need like, any, i don't need anybody i don't need anybody <laughs> except if you got money let me know but otherwise <laughs> i can do this myself. i'm probably the only person alive who gets this <laughs> that, is, that is kind of how i felt that, i mean you that's the way you have to feel that's the way you have to feel to it do really it. really yeah really because I, I had never directed anything like so i was you know it was kind of hubris to be like yeah i'm gonna take this on but I just fell in love with it and I didn't want anybody else to do it. I just felt mm -hmm. like I wanted to I wanted to write it and direct it. And so I reached out to Percival in January or February of 2021. He gave me the rights. Uh they very kindly gave me the rights for free and just said like go write a script and if like and if the the script if somebody buys it then you can pay us. So wow. He just gave me the rights uh free and clear. So you just, just hit him to, on DM and he's it. like if you can sell this fucking thing go for it, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years ago, bro. Yeah, do whatever you want. Let me just holler at me when yeah. you get some bread. Just holler at me when you get some bread. <laughs> That's how a deal should go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was very kind of him. It was great. And so he just so I finished the script in like May of 2021. And then we sold it. Uh we we sent it out. So so then the process is you we finished the script and then we just sent it out to a bunch of production companies. Mm-hmm. And sort of like had a bunch of meetings with producers and and one of the production companies, T Street, that's uh, that I met with said in the room, they were like, we just want to make the movie because we because they have financing through this through this company called MRC. Mm -hmm. uh, they have like a 10 picture deal with them where MRC pays pays for uh, 10 movies. And so I was the third movie of the bunch. So there's no lag. There's no lag time of the of the producers having to go get the money. They have the money. No. So that was basically. the key. So so like they were. The, so we yeah. met with like we met with like nine producers and they were all very interested. But T Street was the one that was like, we're going to make the movie. So it was just less of a risk. Like I could have gone with somebody. Yeah, yeah. There was other people who were like. You know, we can get probably like twenty million dollars for this, and it was just like, like it was like it was just all they were uncertain. You know, it's everybody's just like blowing smoke up your ass yeah, until you're yeah, actually doing yeah. it. But this T Street was like, we're gonna make the movie, so I went with them. Right. So then we that was June of 2021, and then we were shooting the movie like in July of last year, 2022. So I I sort of I didn't know this at the time because I had never done it, but everybody's you know. I've talked to a lot of people who say that's the fastest they've ever seen a movie come together. So, but, but it, for me, it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah. But it's like, you know, it was December, December 2020. So it was, you know, that's years, at the, years ago at this point that I read the book, but everybody says it's yeah, a, it's a fast yeah, way yeah. for a movie to come together. Okay. And now we're just in, uh, we're in, we're in post on it right now. It'll be out later this year okay so can you tell us who, can you tell us who's in it is it somebody we know or did you get who you want on deadline like, chris i want to 
I'm sure. I don't. You know, I don't research our guests, especially this fucking that's guy. Cool. I'm not, I'm no, not, that's fine. <laughs> my Hollywood Reporter subscription, unfortunately, has lapsed. Um, so I, I, I'll use the company card, Jay, so we can share variety and, and yeah. Hollywood Reporter. It's fine. I don't want. I'm not, I do not authorize this charge. <laughs> <laughs> so who's in it? Yeah, who's who's the, uh, in it? I got Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright's the lead. He's uh, he's who I want. He's Sick. who I was thinking of when I was reading the book. Everybody realizes he's a really great actor, but he never really. He's always like Commissioner Gordon or fucking the sure, you sure, know the, sure. the the the, <laughs> the guy in 007, the CIA dude who gets killed. So he's like you know I he him in the lead has just always been a dream of mine. I've loved him since I like I saw Basquiat years ago when I was yeah, when I was yeah. in high school. Yeah, and I was like, and then he was in Angels in America. Like he's just great. And then Sterling K. Brown is in it. Uh, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Eric Alexander are the are the leads. So we got we got a damn some heavy hitters. Beefy, bro. yeah. It's a it's a it's a sort of it's a better cast than I could have ever dreamed of. Truly, I like I was I truly sent it to all those people, being like I'm never going to get them because you know I thought the script was good, but but like you know I, I had never directed shit, and I thought people were going to be like fuck that, I'm not working with like this. There were a couple people who were like fuck that, I'm not working with the first time. <laughs> there were. <laughs> There were there were a that couple did happen. That said, did happen. Off. Yeah, it did happen. They, they were like, nah. But Cord, I, Cord, I wanted to talk to you about Tumblr. Oh yeah, you're a guy who has tens of millions of dollars, but you posted a photo of Brendan Fraser passing the bl- passing a blunt in the, <laughs> on your on your Tumblr page within the last month or two. And I think that is a good thing to keep you grounded in life, but also you know. What is your relationship with Tumblr? It seems like it's something you really believe in. Tumblr is so I I dropped off of Tumblr for a while, for months and months and months, and then I got back onto it. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I think that it's because Tumblr has always been. It's it's it, as far as I'm concerned, it's like the best of like Instagram and Twitter and all that shit. Just because it's it it is so. I think it's just so low stakes. Like I think that like mm, I don't stakes. really like to tweet shit anymore, just because fucking. People get so angry and it's just like automatic. Uh, it's just like people's default settings on on that is rage. And and I think that Instagram is like whatever. I, I don't really fuck around with that too much anymore. And I think that Tumblr is just it's very, very sort of you just post a, a stupid picture. Of, it, it was Brendan Fraser as the whale, by the way. Yeah, it's not just right. it's not. We have, to, <laughs> yeah, we have to be clear. It's not just Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Like for like school times, Brendan Fraser. This is Brendan Fraser as the passing whale. you a whale sized blunt. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's got his mouth full of smoke. It's it's so yeah, full of smoke exactly. he's tearing up. Actually, the <laughs> the pack is so loud that he's yeah. tearing up. We've all been there. We've all been there. We have all been there. When the pack is so loud, it makes you cry. But you still have a Tumblr, don't you, Chris? I use Tumblr every day. It's the yeah. Tumblr. Tumblr is truly for me. It's because I'm kind of like a, a luddite, and I find like what a lot of people use for that kind of stuff is just a little too complicated for me. And I'm like, this is the dumbest. I can drag something onto this and it goes there and I can scroll back 10 years. And I kind of, my, the favorite, the favorite part about it. And I realized this sounds like, like my mom talking about Facebook. I like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it felt, it felt like during, there was one point where I scrolled back really far and it really did like take me back. Like I remember that time in my life and like what I was doing based on what I was into and what I was mm-hmm. working on. And I was like, this is, this is great. It's free. It's easy. Like I just, I don't see any downside to it. And it, it like, I, you know, the interface isn't great. It's like Sonos, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I, I just don't. Yeah. I, I, I also, I agree with you. I think it's low stakes and like 
thousands of people probably follow my Tumblr, but it doesn't feel real the way that Instagram. You know what I mean? It just doesn't feel exactly. important in the same exactly. way because we've we've moved that's on as a society as a society. Exactly. It doesn't. That's it. Doesn't feel important. That's that's why it feels low stakes. Is it's just like I can just you know get on their stone and just fucking scroll and put this put a stupid ass picture of brendan fraser passing no don't like, call that image laugh. stupid it's beautiful that image um, is not stupid you, you also post you you posted an image uh, of tom cruise and magnolia where he's playing the motivational speaker guy and you said you know you captioned it like every every male podcaster <laughs> podcast host now damn bitch i don't I, and I'm, not, I'm not i'm not bringing that up no I, no, I assume that you're not referring to us or no, no, that was, that was so I just think it's funny. I got to tell you guys, I don't listen to, I don't listen to podcasts much. I don't, it's, it, it's not a, but I, but the, it's sort of, I, I started reading about the Andrew Tate shit and I was like, wait a minute, is this like, every, and then I started going <laughs> into that rabbit hole of like men's rights podcasts mm -hmm. and I fucking, I couldn't believe that there were so many of them. It was, it kind of blew my mind, like how famous these people were. Cause I had never heard of them. We've before. been working hard, brother. <laughs> Andrew Tate is a re like, it just feels like Frank TJ Mackey energy. Not you guys. Of course, not you guys. <laughs> not you guys. I mean, I think there's some, I, I wasn't that aware of the Tate the andrew tate stuff either honestly like i knew the name you know what i mean but like i never mm -hmm. paid attention or, or really cared because it just i i could tell it wasn't for me but now obviously since since he's like been taken down there's a different fucking buzzfeed news ten thousand word story about him every day and i'm just like i don't know if i care enough to learn about this i think i'm fine being like that's bad and lame i'm good i don't need to know the ins and outs I, I'm, I'm good <laughs> I, I just, I just don't think it's actually that interesting. You know what I mean? I feel the same. What I start, I re, I got like five hundred words into that, into that ten thousand word article, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm out. I, he's a piece of shit. I'm done. People love exposing a scammer. It'll, it'll never get old for most people. But uh, you know, after a while, it's like the scammer was being a scammer. I like a scammer, but I don't love like a human trafficker. I, yeah. That's where I, I mean, that's the thing. Like a scam is usually funny, especially if <laughs> too, it's, he said too far, too far. If it's, okay. if it's victimless Dark scamming, scam. yeah, like if you're scam, if you're scamming, fuck in bank of america that's funny there's i don't know i don't care about that mm -hmm. human trafficking is pretty much across the board like we're not that's not funny okay. it's kind of bad <laughs> and i just don't i mean i do think it's funny that it's kind of bad that his hair's grown out in in prison and he's like super embarrassed about it because he's he like i guess he claimed he shaved his head because it like made him look tough and now they're like bro you're bald as hell like what the <laughs> fuck you look like you look like shit bro <laughs> Which is so funny that that's like what people are talking about. Not him being in solitary confinement for 24 that's, hours. That's the worst part about being in jail for him. Yeah, yeah. Is that motherfuckers can see his hairline now. Everybody, everybody had to realize that he's bald. Just now. give me the chair, you know? Yeah, he's like, you know what? It's fine. It's those, like, just take me. Take me. But yeah, I mean, I think that those, those, that like level, to me, all of those podcasts and part of the reason I think I am able to easily avoid them is it's like YouTube is really like what it is. And I think if you don't mm -hmm. get, if you, if you don't get sucked up in the YouTube algorithm of that, then you really do have to like seek it out, which I'm obviously not going to do. And it's just like, I think that's like, yeah. that's where most of it stems from my understanding. It's not like, it's not something you just like come across on Instagram. Yeah. I think it's just people who like watch YouTube on their phone on their like smoke break. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. true. That's, <laughs> Or like, you know, guy who works at the airport who's like taking his lunch on like a cement curb. He's like, all right, yeah. 
I need to yeah. I need to level up my hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess in, in I mean, you know, it's like if you are searching for something and that's right there and it's free and it's easy to access, it's like I see why people get sucked in. You know, it's not it's no different than any of course. It's no different than any of the, you know, historic religions or cults or, or whatever. You know, it's the same. But it, they're they're promising you, you know, it, it really is like the way that I would rather be promised money than heaven. I don't need eternal life. Yeah, like, I'm good. The church church takes your Definitely. money. Church takes yeah, your I don't money. have to. Andrew Tate, I don't even have to tithe. Like, I don't got to give that motherfucker 10%. We're good. Like, we're, we're, we're good. We're just boys, you know? <laughs> um, Cord, you live, uh, you live in Silver Lake, you said. I do, yeah. Judging, judging by a photo on your Tumblr, it looks like you're kind of by the reservoir. Is that correct? I am. I'm by the reservoir. You are on, on a hot summer Silver Lake day, you ever get a little dog park smell wafting up, or, or are you no, in a different no, kind of? I'm okay. far away, thankfully. But it's but okay. there's a lot of construction going on in the reservoir right oh, now, so tough. I hear that every day. Are you a res runner? I'm not a res runner. I'm, I I don't run outside. I only like to run inside. <laughs> what kind of freak show? <laughs> Who? I've never heard anybody in my life say that. That's the only I've never heard anybody really. No, the opposite. Everybody I know is like, oh, I only run outside. Like I, the treadmill has to be like a foot of snow on the ground in New York in the in the winter. Man, I'm fucking. I'm 41. I don't have the knees for it anymore. I'm like, I, I'll do treadmill all day. He's like, I saw when I'm when when you're on the treadmill, you got to look at yourself in the mirror running, and that that ain't a pretty sight. <laughs> did you, know? you did you grow up? Were you an athlete growing up? Yeah, I played soccer like really. Uh, Frequently and competitively. I said athlete. What about American football or anything? <laughs> any any real sports or just soccer? I played. I played. No, I played football in uh, middle school, but I was too afraid of getting hurt. Like I was. I was always. I was always really like a skinny kid. Yeah, it's and I was, insane. And I like it's never. Un- like I saw two of my. I played. I played football for two years in seventh and eighth grade, and I saw three. Like three kids on my team like shattered their bones like right in front of me. Like one of them got his like knee bent back and snapped in half. Yeah. I watched another. Oh, I watched yeah, another yeah. friend of mine like snap his arm in half. It was just like I was like I don't want to fight. Like it sounds like all quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> I was also never really into sports. Like I don't even really like. I don't even really like to watch sports or anything. I grew up in a. I have like a dad and two brothers, and they were they're all sort of like pretty big jocks, and so there was like a lot of sports in my house, but. I never really cared to watch him, and I was always and I was always like, "Fuck that! I don't want to get hurt playing football." So mm-hmm. I played football, I ran track, I played volleyball, like it did everything. But I only really liked soccer. So you did all the Arizona sports, yeah, yeah, exactly. like the ones that exactly the ones that because it was the good thing about soccer was you could just do it year round, and so because Arizona's just constantly nice. warm, and there was like and there was I never got into baseball just because I thought it was fucking boring. But like six kids from my high school that I went to high school with like went on to become like big professional baseball players yeah, that's, so that's also very like arizona big... that's very arizona shit do you ever do you have any connection there anymore do you go back or is everybody gone no my uh my oldest brother lives there with his with his kids uh so i go back to see them and i've got a, i've got like a bunch of good friends still in arizona it's just uh but now half my family lives overseas the half of my family's in saudi arabia what kind of criminals are they are they just Chris, there by come choice? On. <laughs> i'm just <laughs> What are they on the run from? <laughs> they like a desert climate. It's a desert climate. <laughs> yeah. A lot of missiles and stuff. No, the the uh, the uh, uh, my brother is my brother is a teacher. My bro- my oh, middle okay, brother is okay, a school okay. teacher. Him and his him and his wife are both school teachers, and their kids are there. And my dad's uh, my dad's a lawyer. We we grew up there. Uh, I grew up there. Like right after I was born, we moved from Arizona to Greece, and then we moved from Greece to Saudi Arabia. 
We were in Saudi Arabia until I was like six, and then we moved back to Arizona. So that's a wild combination of cities to grow up in. Yeah, it's very weird. So is the vibe is the vibe good over there? Like when you go, is it like this is sick, or is it like I'm all set after 24 hours? The last time I was there was to I donated my kidney to my dad in 2008, and that's the last time I was there. So I haven't been back. I was wondering when you're going to work that into the convo core. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were talking about that. I told Jason I was like, man. There's nothing. This guy, this guy is good looking. He's successful. And then he tells a chick he gave his dad a kidney. I'm like, bro, leave some for the rest of us. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, no, you can't go on top. Sorry, the kidney scar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's too good, dude. It's you got a lot of sensitivity around there. <laughs> you can't oh, make God. this stuff up. You can't make this no, stuff I up. I was there. It's like, it's, it's, fine like it's like they're there there are good people there there's a lot of really great saudis who 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 love their country and are, are smart and and uh good people to be around but mm -hmm. it's not you know when i i was you know 2008 i'm in my mid-20s i was like i was so bored like there's no yeah yeah, when yeah. i was there when i was there there's no there's no movie theaters there's no uh, like restaurants are segregated by gender. There's no so, union like, pool or anything. No union pool to go <laughs> yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the it's just it's just kind of like you know you just like the thing that young men do there for fun when I was there at least was like you know Dunkin' Donuts would be open until like six in the morning and like you'd see a bunch of like dudes in their twenties there like smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and playing cards like all night. Whoa. That's what they did. Sounds like, like Glendale. <laughs> I gotta go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Jason's like, damn, it probably rains less in Saudi Arabia. This sounds good. Yeah. And and it's illegal to have guns and knives in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I gotta go. Because <laughs> sounds... I'm living in constant danger over here of being stabbed. I've just never been to them. I've never been I guess I, I guess I've been to I mean I've been to some places. Have you been to like Dubai? No, I I'm very interested in going i want to i want to get paid by some shady corporation to go there and post on instagram you know um but i think that yeah i i just don't it just feel dubai to me just looks like vegas and feels like you're like inside all the time in that way you know what i mean yeah but i'm sure they got a carbone there how bad can it be you know sure <laughs> that's a long like, ass flight to go to carbone is the only thing that's really bro, keeping me, you know it's a, it's a tough it's a tough table in south beach sometimes you gotta get on the plane right, right, right. you know you gotta do what you gotta do i can do the emirates but yeah i wa also wanted to talk to you um you said that you're not really on social media too much anymore so that kind of ruins the question, but I was I was noticing that your profile picture on your Instagram seemed to be of a different time period in your life, and I was wondering if maybe your your PR agent told you to not change your profile pic, or or were you just being lazy, or did you think you looked dope in a tank top? No, no, that's just that's just it's just it's just lazy. It's just pure laziness. It's just like that's the first thing that I put up when I had Instagram. But I am so I don't want to lie. <laughs> and say that i'm never on social media that's that's not true there's some girls listening right now like dm still works over here <laughs> this, this I just, he's, he's active looks like he's on social media to me i just <laughs> got the green circle i just don't post shit because that like it's like i just yeah it feels like it feels like too much of a headache sometimes i'm just like this is just i don't want to and as a writer it's not necessarily part of your job to post on yeah on and when you and when you engage with people like again like i just feel like the default setting on the internet so much is just like if 
fucking anger and also like no you're right classic or trash be the most yeah try just trying to be the most uh um un ungenerous you can be when sort of like reading someone's <laughs> words and i'm just like i don't want to fucking i don't want to engage with this so i i look at it a lot but i i don't post things really i like ungenerous that's how that's how it feels no that's a good way to put it i mean it's yeah i mean it's insane it's absolutely insane and also i mean i think that we've all in a lot of ways, like made it part of our jobs, you know, like where it maybe necessarily could have gone a different way, but we all kind of leaned in at a certain point. And I think you truly exist in a world where it's like, yeah, I don't really have to do this. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, I, it doesn't, it does not make a difference. Like, it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt. It, it's, Whereas it's Chris sort of has created a job in social media to justify his crippling social media addiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm on Twitter more than any human should be, but it doesn't really bother. I don't know. It doesn't like the way people talk about it. I just think it's like funny. Like, I don't mind if it's like that my algorithm's all fucked up and it's I'm not seeing people I follow and Elon did this. And I'm like, who cares, guys? Like, this is a free service that's funny. Like, what do we like? You can't like, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, if you don't like it, do people talk shit to you, though, like about like, I feel like because now you guys you guys are in a your jobs are ones that, that you you say your opinions constantly right so you're like yeah. constantly talking about things you like and dislike and you're so so are people constantly picking fights with you on twitter because of that uh not so much me more chris but not, not that, that much, much. No, i mean people people definitely think i'm an idiot and don't like most people listen to this podcast think i'm dumb and don't agree with anything i have to say <laughs> but like they don't need they don't they don't tell me that on Twitter. It's just yeah. kind of understood. You know what I mean? Uh, Jason tells me every day, but they don't really tell me directly. No, I mean, I just think it. I, I just think it's like that's the whole thing in our in our world. It's it's not like I'm saying things that are like offensive. It's just like if if you if I don't like something and I say it, then that somebody thinks that's insane. Yeah, which is like I don't think it's insane for someone to not like you know wilco like i yeah. get it you don't fucking like wilco i do we're all good bro i don't give a shit like that's fine we're moving on moving on you know but there's people that really there's people that like really care and like that bothers them you i know? looked yeah on 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 i saw on twitter the other day that like it was like did you see that everybody was pissed because some guy said that he thought meg white was a bad drummer and it was just and she started trying and it started trying yeah, yeah, we like, talked about this yeah, yeah. Do people really care this much like a, I think it's crazy to care enough about Meg White's drumming to talk shit about her on Twitter. But then, be it like it was <laughs> Both, like I all could of not it, believe. All of yeah, it. everything was weird. Slow news day. That's a perfect example though of something that goes viral. The guy has to like he, the guy's going to get doxxed, you know, probably <laughs> because it, then it turns into like you hate women. You know what I mean? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I was just saying I didn't really like her drumming. Like it was kind of not my thing. It's a little jerky yeah. stylistically. You but know? Uh, I, but the. <laughs> The interesting difference is like if somebody posted that with like an emoji of like the the like a bashful person and it says like unpopular opinion Meg <laughs> is overrated nobody would they'd be like I disagree and that's about it but if it's like a straight white man who's like this is happening this fucking chick sucks at drumming and everyone's like wait a fucking minute you know people love you know it's it's just it's a beautiful thing to to debate you know it's it's a fun thing to debate because she is a terrible drummer, but is that what makes it good? You know, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing to debate. That's why I also, but I, the thing that I also was like, when did everybody become fucking like drum teachers? Like it's like, <laughs> like how the fuck, how the fuck do you know? Like what, you don't know what shit. Your, what are your bona fides to like, yeah. to, to, that you can, that you can sort of like, yeah. I had no idea you were a master of rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> 
John exactly. Bonham is back and he's on Twitter. I mean, I think it's a little. Exactly. I think it's a. I think it's a little bit of like anything. It's just like it's the way everybody became a doctor. Well, we yeah, we all became experts. We all became experts in uh, in the San the San Vicente Bungalows bank run. You know, like <laughs> yeah, the, the SVB. You know, we all became you know financial analysts overnight. You know, we become drum experts overnight. Truly, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's what the internet. I mean. It's it honestly the COVID stuff was the the ultimate peak of that where people really thought they knew what the answers were and it's like dude you're a fucking barista like you don't you barely have the answers to what kind of milk I, you, you got like you don't have the answers to infectious diseases you like, don't even have the bathroom code yeah it's crazy it's crazy but like I think it's just like this is the, this is where we're at because there's so much information out there that people can truly do spend their time like learning things and not realize that, that still doesn't make you a fucking expert yeah like it, it, it's still an opinion it can get you pre it can get you close enough to feel like you are one though totally totally I, I it's just like you know it's a funny it's a very interesting especially with things like music where it's like completely taste-based yeah like with with medical things or th you know that's fact-based with me it's fully just like do i like this or not there's so many reasons how i come to that decision it has nothing to do with with anyone else it's strictly like you know uh my upbringing and how i came to it etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah you know? but yeah meg white i mean she's got the sauce i wouldn't say it's technical but you know that doesn't matter <laughs> clearly didn't matter all right cord um with with all of our guests at the end of the episode we like to do a game where we uh our, our guest tells us their top three favorite prescription pills top three favorite prescription pills is this really what you do <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all the time. But only with guests that are cool. You know what I mean? I take a bunch of I take a bunch of pills for for my heart. So okay, uh, uh, okay. So 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 uh, the I, so the so the first one, my my top <laughs> my my number one pill is flecainide. <laughs> my, uh, my my antiarrhythmic. Hell yeah, bro! <laughs> the flecainide out outbreak has been yeah. ravaging our country. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I know on Fridays you want to snort you want to snort the fleckies, but don't snort the fleckies. <laughs> that might fuck you up. That might make your heart worse, bro. You got so be every day you take it and you don't die. You're just like, damn, I'm fucking yeah. high as hell. So every day I take this it, my sick. heart my heart stays in rhythm. That's the that's okay. It, so that's what a high that must be. Yeah. <laughs> and then diltiazam, it's a beta blocker, also for my heart. So that's number okay, two. Okay, okay, okay. And then uh, and then number three. Number three is a new one in my life. It's Zoloft. I just started taking Zoloft last year, and it's been it's been life changing. He's a Zohead. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that. Well, I take the I take the I take the I take the generic ones. Okay. Though the the sertralins or whatever. If if we're talking just like recreational pills, typically, but we can do yours as well. I think that my well, I never I was never really a pill guy. Like that's that they always made me like I remember my friends brought a bunch of Xanax. When when we were in in our twenties to uh, to New York and it was like muscle relax I can't remember what it was oh it's probably somas that's what we we used to eat a bunch of somas in uh, yeah because I grew up in Tucson so we were like an hour away from the Mexican border and so we spent a lot of time in Mexico when I was in oh, high school baby. we spent a lot of time in Mexico when I was in high school my friend my friend soma yeah and so so we went to <laughs> went to Nogales a lot so we were, there was a lot of time spent in Nogales oh, yeah. going to pharmacies in Nogales and so. 
when I did do recreational pills in high school, it was it was generally somas, and it was classic. A lot of lot of bad times. I did. I don't <laughs> think that ever I ever sort of like I was ever like this was a good idea to take these pills tonight. Yeah, that's ain't that. The, yeah, ain't when that you the wake truth. up and you've wet yourself. Yeah, when you wake up at one thirty yeah. <laughs> p.m. the next day with piss all over your fucking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> university your University exactly. of Arizona basketball shorts. It's fucked up. You're like oh soma <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not again. Yeah, no. It was just it was just a lot of a lot it was a lot of like sitting around terrible bars in Nogales and like my high school girlfriend like yelling at me and, and me just being like so zoned out I had no idea what was going on. I want to fucking go home, Cord, and you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. And I'm drooling. My foot doesn't work for <laughs> gas pedal, babe. <laughs> Dude, chill. Uh, you gotta chill. You just gotta chill. What's wrong with you? Um, no, Cord. Uh, thank you for joining us today on How Long Gone. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this was overdue. And let's uh, let's all hang when we're back in LA. I would yeah. love that. I would love that. And Jason, I'm uh, let's let's get dinner sometime in in Los Angeles. <laughs> It's a fucking date. We'll do it. We'll talk to you soon, Cord. Thanks again, bro. Good boys. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye bye.